What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie, uh, or at least for this episode, you might as well call us TV Schmovie. Um, this is episode 383, and my name is Steve. I'm one of the co-hosts of the show, and as always, I'm joined by Ron and John. And uh, yeah, we had a little bit of a interesting last couple of weeks. We we had intentions of doing this last week, and uh, our plans, well some personal plans and then our plans in terms of us being able to see the new mission impossible film kind of got a little mixed up or got our, our got our schedule mixed up and uh, we kind of pushed everything back a week. So thank you. Uh, sweet, sweet listener for waiting an extra <laughs> week for a TV movie. Yeah. Mission impossible. <clears throat> it, it didn't bring theaters back, Steve. It destroyed theaters. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, 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 it looked at that hard drive <laughs> in that theater and said, <laughs> Not today, not today. <laughs> yeah, we were we folks. We thought we were going to see a um a, an advanced screening of Mission Impossible and get that out in time to have like an advanced review of that. And so we thought, oh, let's replace uh, our plan, which was to do this TV Schmeevy episode last week. Um, and then that didn't work out. And we just said, hey, you know what would be really fun? Let's go see Joyride and just fuck this whole plan of doing an episode this week. <laughs> yeah. And then Ronald said, fuck those listeners. And then Steve laughed so hard because he always does whenever <laughs> Ronald says that. And yeah, then I said, I don't, I, I, I don't even I don't even think about them is what I said. And then yeah, we, like, we went. And John said, what listeners? I know, I said, listeners. <laughs> and then we all, and then we all cried for a moment <laughs> and said, let's go watch something funny to cheer us up. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it was it was an interesting uh, series of events last week. But. Yeah, push this episode back a week. I got to watch um, more TV. So yeah, I was say, but yeah, silver lining, we got to watch more TV. Uh, whatever we were catching up on, or maybe some some new things we were trying to start. But hopefully, you know, we can kind of. The whole purpose of this episode is just to do a little catch up on what we've been watching. I know we talk about it sometimes at the end of episodes, um, or if like a season of something big had ended, we kind of do a little recap or catch up on that um, on the main on the main feed of our episodes, but every once in a while, it's nice to kind of just dedicate, dedicate the conversation to television. You know, there's so much, there's so much period on TV, but I mean, there's, there's yeah. a lot of great stuff on TV right now. Um, and uh, we always talk about just like, th just that feeling now, whether it's TV or movies, but TV, especially in just terms of like how much there is, how easy it is to, to miss stuff. Mm -hmm. Even if you're aware of it, you know, like when it starts, you, you don't know or you you miss the date and you realize you missed the whole season. And I mean, I, that's happened to me so many times recently. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and even like us comp in our conversations about TV shows, it's like, oh, my God, that starts this week. You yeah. know, like I didn't see anything for that. Um, well, and you start watching it with your significant other and, and and then they camp for a couple of days. And so you start watching something right. else and then it right. falls, then they start to pile up and then you catch up on it. But you're not really part of a conversation that's happening. And it seems to be like there really isn't a huge conversation happening around a lot of individual shows the way there used to be. But I do still think something like The Bear uh, comes out and and, you know, the fact that it's a binge model season changes that a little bit. But it did have a big, I feel, still feel like there's ripples of the conversation about the bear season two. Um, just as a, for instance of a recent show that was on everyone's mind. Um, but it, it is still not the same thing that it used to be. And I don't know if it ever will be quite that again, with regards to the sort of monolith of this is the show everyone's talking about, or this, or it seems like everyone's talking about. Um, yeah. And I mean, I mean, I, I, on, I guess on the topic of the bear, like, you know, that's a show I, I haven't watched the new season. Unfortunately, I didn't watch that for this conversation. 
because I'm trying to get Aaron caught up on the first season so that we can watch this one together still. Um, but just it's a it's no. a great it's a it's a great example. It's a great example though of like something where you're right that it it does seem like that one is kind of like caught on or at least in in the in the <laughs> in the Twitterverse that I, that I've curated that I see people talking about it. Um, but it, it is still one of those points of conversation where um, you can't help but think of like the sustainability of that buzz if this wasn't a binge model for the show. Like if it wasn't all available at the same time kind of thing um, and was coming out weekly like a lot of other shows still do because, yeah, that's a show where, you know, that second season dropped and the, they reported that the viewership was up like over 30 percent. Uh, from the first season and which is you know what does that mean in, in the digital world who knows like in comparison to other shows but i just think that you know it means it, they're going to drip out the third season maybe maybe i don't I really know. do like, feel like a, a well-received but not like setting the world on fire first season in terms of viewership second season dropping all at once i think was a move to get people like to really say like you might have to watch several episodes of this for it to really get like under your skin if you're a person right. who's kind of cool on it but now they know that there's this talk about it i'd be surprised if they do a binge next time for me it seems like this was a very calculated thing to drop them all at once because it feels like it should have been a weekly show it really yeah. feels that way and i also think they did that for like there's other there's other motivations for doing that though like that's also uh uh emmy uh, qualification stuff right. like because certain episodes in that season to qualify you know it has to air quote unquote mm. by a date so if it comes out all at once it kind of all qualifies which i mean and i, I gotta say like our our uh motivation to delay this episode by a week i mean we're just like on the we're, we're right in sync with the with the uh, emmy yeah uh, awards because like us delaying this like they announced them this week so it's like we kind of got to little bit of insight into like the the shows that got nominated uh today and well we're recording this on wednesday and got nominated today yeah. um but yeah the bears um you know a big one and um but it yeah i don't know it's just like it's, it's yeah for sure for sure like I, it's a show it's like one of my favorite shows of of last year uh and i can't wait to watch this second season but well, it's great it's a, in almost every department, the way that like yeah. a show like Better Call Saul was for me and other shows that strive for that kind of excellence. And I like that it gets heavy, but it also still sort of adheres to the more or less the feel and formula of like a half hour comedy, like a workplace sh show. Right. It gets heavy, but ultimately the stakes are still, for the most part, very regular stakes, re everyday stakes. Can you do a good job at your job? The importance yeah. of like busting your ass and coming home tired um, is what I really take from that show. How, how like you may, you may, you may complain about 14 hour days, but sometimes, you know, those are the best days of your life in a way. For sure. <clears throat> if you're doing something you care about. Um, well, you guys are going to get to it. The, the Everybody talks about episode six of the season. You may have even heard some yeah. of the people that are in it. It really yeah. is that good. But the best episode for me is the next <clears throat> one. Um, uh, I don't know if you guys are, already high on Eben Moss Backrack, uh, who plays yeah. Richie on the show, but he's always great. He was good in his small part in No Hard Feelings recently yeah, that Steve and I yeah. saw. Um, he's always and good. And Andor. Even though he didn't get a chance to do much more than, I mean, I would have liked to have seen him hang around more on that show, frankly. But um, he served a good purpose. But I just think he's really good. And like what they've done with Richie is that perfect case of that sort of stealth character that start, starts off being almost an antagonist and ends up 
having like levels that are very like you watch a fictional character go through something and it affects you as though it was somebody you knew you're ashamed of them you're proud for them and you're sitting sure. thinking like okay this is corny that i feel this way but in a way that's what's amazing about the bear is that within that roughly half hour format for the most part it feel, it's it would fit within like a network half hour you know time slot um they do some really amazing things just in terms of the the sights, the sounds, ever the, the experience of watching that show. I imagine yeah. that watching it on a really good sound system on a big screen is even more impressive. But, um, uh, you know, we actually went from not having watched any of it to watching the whole thing. Like after the second season dropped, like within a week, Nikki and I were like, well, let's finally watch The Bear. And then we were done like a day and a half later. <laughs> we had watched <laughs> all of it. That's um, hilarious. So I it just I happened if, to fall at a time that we had a lot of t- television free time. So <clears throat> I don't know if I've ever seen a show that really captures like uh, the love of fixing food, for of, sure, of cooking food, and then like what it represents. Like you know, I'll I'll go anywhere for food. I mean, it's like a big thing that Aaron and I were, like that yeah, you right. brought kind us together. Yeah, I'll, I'll travel. I'll go. Where is it? Where is it at? Oh, mm-hmm. it's in Delaware. Let's go. Yeah. Um. And you know, you've told me stories, Steve, about you know just finding a place and and going there. And, Heck yeah. And sometimes it's simpler. It's simpler than you think. Like it, it. You know, it's I. I like a bougie place from time to time, but give me a hole in the wall, in the middle of the fucking city somewhere, <laughs> and it'll. It. You know, this place in another state would be you know three hundred dollars a plate but you know you you go to this nice cool place with this you know the chef will come out and say hello to you it's Mm -hmm. like these weirdly intimate things that happen these conversations you've had um food is love yeah food (laughs) is love and you can feel it in the in the the presentation yeah special Um, food is like is like a deep kind of love yeah um you know you're, you're talking about the, that experience around you know there's one other thing that jumped to mind as like oh this is a movie that totally made me feel the same thing the relationship with food and mm-hmm. how you use it to express love can you guys want to take a guess at what movie jumped to my mind because it's it's it, the food it was, truck movie uh chef yeah chef that those, movie, gr- those grilled cheese on my mind yeah that, that freaking grilled cheese that he makes like that yeah. is that is wonderful it's love and man it's like that a is... cinematic how did they make it cinematic it's because we all know how good that's going to taste yeah. <laughs> yeah. it looks so yes. good um Putting putting things on like a, a hot like bread on a hot surface versus mm-hmm. just taking it out of the, the the you know the plastic. It's something. It's like these things that I learned so much from that movie. By the way, yeah, changed the way that I cooked. Um, and it just it just had an impact on me, just like Bear did does. Yeah, still continues to. And well, the cast. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was well. You you I, it more people deserve to be shouted out. I was just going to say, we'll definitely double back. And once you guys have seen season two, we'll double back and do. Oh yeah. 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 Let's double back. Yeah, I, but, but talking about the cast, let's, let's do shout out some of these other great characters. Um, I mentioned Richie. I never know how to pronounce her name. I'm not even going to try. Uh, but you're talking I, about Sid. She's incredible. Yeah, Sid. Sid. Um, Io Edibiri is how yeah, I would try that. But the, um, the guy, Matt, the, the actual cook that advises, what's his name? That it can act his ass off in the show, kind of oh, a uh, shorter yeah. guy. Um, oh, you're talking about the main guy, Carmen? No, no, no. no, no, the, no. The, the his his. What the hell is that guy's name? Matt something. In real life, his name is Matt. Talking about you're talking about the handyman guy, Fack. Is that no, his name? No, no, no. Ma- Matty yeah, Matheson. Matt Matheson. Yeah, plays him. Matty um, Matheson. That that's the cook you're talking about. Yes, that, uh, that's what yes. you're talking about. Robert. But he's not a cook. 
Um, no, no, no in real cool. life he is. Oh, in real oh, life he he's is. like oh. one of the one oh, of he's the like a, he's like a huge. Yeah. I misunderstood like what massive. you were saying. Yeah, yeah. He's no, like, he's wow. incredible on the show. He's so yeah. lovable. <laughs> he's like the food advisor for the whole show, and like he doesn't even. <laughs> it's so cool that he doesn't even really do anything involved with food in the show. Um, yeah, he's yeah. a Can- Canadian chef, restaurateur, uh, actor, and internet personality. Okay, I knew I've seen him in things though. You know, yeah, definitely. yeah. You've probably seen him like, especially those like, uh, he's on everybody's like food tour show. He's he's always like, hey, and I'm bringing Matt with me. And he's like eating a big sandwich and, <laughs> and like, yeah, he does like all kinds of crazy burgers and stuff. Parks yeah. and Labor was was his restaurant he used to have. I want to see a movie where he, it's him and Zach Cherry, and it's like a buddy movie, and it's just about <laughs> it, like where they they solve a case just by being lovable, just by everywhere they go being. <laughs> yeah. being um and, and uh uh um well yeah i'll save it because there's some guest people in the second season that are just incredible that that really add layers to the characters we already know um that i wouldn't want to spoil but um that's a show that really makes use of those sort of people could call it stunt <laughs> casting but i think it's usually done so well that it's not stunt casting it's like that thing where people it's like people wanting to be in a coen brothers movie or people that's wanting exactly to be in a right tarantino yep. movie or something it's like yeah i'll come by and do two episodes or one scene and it's going to be this memorable moment because people are watching this closely and i and i you know and um they do some pretty heavy drama too so <clears throat> yeah well, what's what another you show guys, that you guys have yeah. been watching? Has, has everybody been watching Secret Invasion? Has anybody been watching Secret Invasion? I've watched the Secret the Invasion three. actually exists? I don't well, know, man. Is it one of those things that doesn't exist? I mean, I, I personally have a, <laughs> a, a, a very, like, my most charitable statement would be, I think there have been, like, in the course of six, well, in the course of four episodes out of six, four, yeah. I think there have been, like, six good scenes, six or seven good scenes. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and they're not bad scenes, though. It's like those scenes are not bad, but it's like I am past it. We've talked about it with this type of show before. I am past watching shows that I have to wait for them to get good or I have to pick through the crumbs yeah. to get the good scene Dude, or where I have yeah. to wonder why I'm watching it. I will say this. This is the first. Di- uh, we, we did not finish watching uh, uh, Miss Marvel after like the fourth episode of, of that season. And um I think Nikki was more into it than I was, and she would have watched it. But I was like, I'm not sure. Let's watch something else a couple times. And I don't think she ever went back to it. But yeah. this is the first Marvel show that she has actively said, um, yeah. I'm off this. I don't yeah. think I need to. I don't think you, I need to to, to to watch this one. And it's like, I know there are other people who are saying they like this one, but this one feels like it's just got that super reek of like missed opportunity it felt like a story that on paper could be really interesting and i just wasn't feeling that interested in the show from like i mean i think the first scene was kind of good and it it was interesting enough but i think that it's just like i don't know i mean you guys are seemingly uh you know lukewarm on it as well so I, i i think that it's it's such a weird thing that this is what they did with these elements and it's like reduce it's like now it really doesn't feel like the kind of thing you need to keep up with at all really and it should be this story should be huge the story should have like have us really thinking about the way things work but instead it feels like this weird small relatively cheap kind of yeah buy show here's the here's the problem they've made an espionage thing before that was incredible you can't fucking make a thing a second version and, and not be civil war i mean not civil war um winter soldier winter soldier is to me uh one of the better espionage movies like 
it even even outside of the Marvel universe, it's just a really well paced. The problem is you need some Russo brothers in this. Like they 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 know how to balance espionage, the information in espionage, and pacing. I just and, don't even know that the, these TV shows. I don't think Marvel's making them cinematic enough. Like I don't yeah, think you can do yeah, espionage. You know what I mean? Like on a yeah, sort of cut rate. Right. But I think you're right. We need somebody who knows how to handle that kind of. It just almost it's like like so many of these shows. I feel like oh maybe this would have been a good movie, but yeah. I don't think that it really works as a show. It doesn't feel like a huge sprawling. I don't necessarily need it to be full of cami. I don't want. Ca- I actually don't want tons of characters just walking in for a scene. I think it's yeah. cool to keep it small in a way. I just think that it doesn't feel particularly well written or well acted or well structured. And I'm just watching it going like, I'm not, I'm only watching this to see what happens. Yeah. And I'm barely interested in that, you know, like that's a bad sign for something like this. And I also have to say, I think Samuel L. Jackson is like, there's certain moments where I've, I mean, I know we've talked about like him being good or bad and things before. I just don't know that he's that, like, I don't know that Nick Fury as a character <laughs> is working in, there for this, in yeah. this show. Like, it seems like it, on paper that, sh- that should be great to get more of him and have him at the center of something. But I don't feel like Samuel L. Jackson is putting in a particularly great performance uh, that yeah. might be the kind of thing that would win this over. I, uh, to contrast with like Ben Mendelsohn or uh, even Don Cheadle, who I think are at least doing something with their their scenes. Yeah. But some of those dialogue scenes, you know, when a character talks about something and it seems like they should have talked about it a long time ago, there's a scene between Talos and Nick Fury on a train where they talk about like what's been going on with the scrolls while he's been gone. And it's shocking that like Nick Fury seems to have just completely assumed nothing was happening when it's been like 30 years. And these, I mean, th- th- this whole like failed mission to find the scrolls a home, the fact that it's been this long and they haven't done it and he just kind of was not worried about it, yeah. it just feels crazy to me. Like it, it narratively doesn't work. It makes it seem like he's a bad spy, which I thought we were supposed to think he was the spy. I mean, the guy was like, bitch, you were in the sky for like five years. You didn't do anything. <laughs> I know. And he was like, yeah, well. <laughs> and they said some kind of racist shit about scrolls. Like there's no way they will ever be accepted, you know? And it was like, Really? That's what By we're the going way, with this? Okay. there's a scene related to race that pissed me off so bad because it wasn't earned, and maybe it should it would have been better in another movie. But that conversation between Don Cheadle and Samuel Jackson, yeah. it just was like this is cringy. They keep, they keep going back to that conversation in, in this newest episode. They reference oh, that conversation. See, I haven't again. seen four yet. Yeah, because yeah. so have you seen four, Steve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have had weight to it if the show was good. Or, or if it was in a like, you know, have you heard that thing that the black actors have kind of complained about, like never being able to go to Wakanda? There's like a thing. There's like a thing that a bunch of the mm. actors from um, interesting Marvel. Interesting. If you watch, like Samuel Jackson talks about it a little bit, and I think it's Sway in the Morning interview or something like that. But there's a oh, there's a there's that, a yeah. thing to that. There's like a there's like a thing to all of this, right? There's like the idea that. They're just addressing blackness now. Twenty years, twenty years later, it's like I, I, it feels a little weird. It feels a little like now you're trying to get heady and weighted and and stuff like that. That's why the the Captain America thing made me so feel so weird. The like, yeah, I want us to be together because they kind of went I, halfway there with it. Yeah, it's like if you're gonna do it, do it. Like they get like I, I don't want to feel like Transformers. Gave a gave a Hispanic dude sickle cell, 
Cause that's like a real thing. And he just, I'm like, is that, is that more <laughs> grounded in this like realism than this show <clears throat> just gave a kid? You know what I mean? It's like yeah. some weight to that. He's like looking out for his brother. It's like, well, I mean like the, but the, the, this show is so weird. I listened to a couple of shows where they talk about the stuff yeah, and yeah. I've heard so much of people trying to sound excited about like, the marvel shows and the dc shows not dc shows but the the star wars shows the marvel shows where they're like they're like looking for those moments and going oh this line was great no this was a delicious moment and it's just like i just don't feel like i'm feeling any of that like i don't feel like like olivia coleman for me has been a wash on this show when it's like i was like oh it's, it's i just don't buy into those moments that they're trying to give her where she's yeah. this clever wisecracking person and it feels like a kind of a misuse mm, of of her uh and again, Amelia Clark, I mean, we've seen her be stiff and we've seen her be good and things. So she's not like a promise of any kind of quality. But like thus far, she hasn't had a lot to do with her character. Now, in that fourth episode, you know, we find the aftermath of of I don't know where people out there listening might be. But if you're caught up, you know, you know what the aftermath of of the third episode is. I guess we'll stay away from spoilers. But the show has kind of like a, a weird thing going on where it like an interesting cliffhanger, maybe. And then like within seconds of the next episode beginning, they just resolve it in a way that makes you go, oh, they could have just ended the episode five seconds later and it would have been a totally different ending. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. just a, it's a weird move and it really does feel kind of weightless um, yeah. when it needs to feel at its best and sharp and heavy. And like, this could be the show that changes the tone and flips the script. It's really making yeah. it seem like they don't have that many places to go. And and I just don't quite, I'm sitting there going like, am I watching a story? I don't feel like I'm watching a real story. I feel like I'm watching an idea yeah. that got hung on a calendar and then something was built to put into that place, yeah. but it doesn't really feel like a story. Someone sat down and wrote, do you know, do you know what I mean? Like, it feels yeah. like a bunch of oh, elements yeah. were thrown together, but it doesn't feel like, doesn't feel like something that need like a story that just needed to be told. Like mm. it feels like it's ticking boxes and and kind of, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe the last two episodes will will have some amazing stuff in it. But I don't I, I don't I'm tired. I don't of think I'm, so. I'm tired of two out of six episodes being good. You know yeah. that seems to be the the average for some of these Marvel things. In so. leveraging epic comic book moments is fucking them. It's so yeah. hard. It's like why are you using? Stop trying to ride this thing. You know, maybe call it the new secret. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's it's so weird. But that's a weird like straddle though, because like when you see the showrunner commenting that like they didn't even read Secret Wars, yeah, they were like right. hey, not to. Why that is that? That it's like mean? yeah, don't 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 read it or whatever the <laughs> comment was. It's like, it, well, I I don't know. It's just like a weird. Um, what are you trying to do with the show yeah. then? Yeah. You right. know, if you if you're kind of if you're kind of baiting, especially like comics fans that know it, which yeah. I do not. You know, but just hearing that, though, just sounds like a very big mistake to me uh, when you're like kind of getting people on this idea of what they could be watching soon on Disney Plus in a in a series. But also, I think that the comment that John made, like, you know, picking and choosing two or three or whatever number of episodes of a season of these shows that are actually good. You're just like, OK, well, then maybe that should have been a movie or yeah. maybe that should have been a, yeah. a special presentation or yeah. or whatever these things are because i really do think in the in the long run they're hurting the brand significantly yeah, with um with with these series for the most part and um in a lot of ways diluting the interest in the brand and in and in these characters and in the mcu as a whole um especially like when movies are kind of like not reaching the heights that they did pre-pandemic or even just in general yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I don't think any of these series have been like home runs per se, or like knockouts, um, where like, I kind of do feel like Andor was that for the star Wars yeah. series, uh, yeah. conversation for me. 
I don't think the MCU has 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 really had that yet. And there was a lot of conversation around, you know, hoping that this might have been that show. And this this show is like in a completely different conversation than anything like that. Yeah. Have you heard and, anything about the Echo show? How it's been delayed, and the rumors are that yeah, this show that, stinks, and that that's that why it's horrible. Yeah, they thought and they're about also dropping. It. They're also dropping. I think I think I read that there are all those episodes come out at once. Well, um, I heard that they like made wow. the decision not to do it as a write-off. Like that, there was a there was talk of doing it as a write-off, but they decided that would be kind of embarrassing. But to me, dropping a, a mid or worse show after all this other kind of mid show, I don't know. It feels it feels like such a miscalculation. Like, and I even though I'm interested in a lot of the stuff that they have on the schedule, I don't think that they have our interest the way they have in the past you know and when they even like something like loki season two feels sort of like okay show me something good like it does but it doesn't feel like i'm psyched for it and it's supposed to be coming later this year right i mean yeah so yeah too many spinning plates man it's there's i mean i predicted that it would be harder for them to maintain it with all this stuff because it's hard i mean it's not even a thing about like can disney pull it off no most people most organizations can't have this many plate spinning and be able to do all of those things well so yeah, like, but there are so many good shows out there that you know that with all the resources <laughs> some, some disney has be, yeah. they could make great shows they just have not they have not like i mean i might have prestige itis or something but i'm very much like you in might. favor of shows that i think we all do though that that feel prestige and even shows that i'm enjoying yeah. if they feel a little campy or a little cheap sometimes i'm like yeah that's a little that's a little off my model but but I do think there's a lot of ways a show can be good that don't have to be, they don't have to be perfect. I don't want to sound like I hear, I hear people all the time say, what do you expect these shows to be like a prestige drama? It's a Marvel show. And it's like, I do expect it to be the prestige drama version of what a Marvel show can be. It's like, it can be funny. It can be wild. It can be silly. I've hung in there through so much of this stuff, but it has not felt essential, you know? So, and I feel like everything they do should feel essential, especially if you're hearing they're spending, you know, hundreds of millions on a series like Secret Invasion. I I feel like here's a, here's a sign of TV action versus movie action. Um, TV action. There's people just standing around like you'll have a gunfight and some cars crashing and all this kind of shit. But what you'll have also people just kind of standing there talking like a place where it's obvious is not safe because bullets are riddling it. Well, another, you know, cut back to people. They're sitting in the same spot now having like a long conversation as though the bad guys tried to shoot them and missed them in that spot. And they're like, well, we can't shoot in the same spot anymore. <laughs> it's just like it, it's in a movie. They will choreograph the action so that the motion and the, you know, whatever dialogue has to happen is happening in a sense of like something going on. Like I, I noticed that in the Indiana Jones movie that like, even if they're like decoding a map, if a gunfight breaks out, the gunfight becomes like the most important thing that's happening in yeah. the room and i feel like there's moments in secret invasion where they even in the most recent episode that had a not terrible action scene in it there were moments of like this is just not particularly well choreographed the way that it needs to be um if it's going to feel like it's like a, a a money shot or a big moment for something like this you know it, it really yeah. doesn't and i don't really there's a couple big things they do in the fourth episode that i did not like from you know story and character reasons but um you know i guess we're not doing a spoiler section on right. this but one day one day one the day. three of us will talk about this off mic and um <laughs> it'll be great but i mean so i guess my point is like why are we talking about we even did like a spinoff of this show called marvel schmarvel where we thought we were we needed to keep up Whoa. with these marvel shows on a weekly basis they're just not at that quality level so let's let's switch gears here let's actually talk about a show that we think is really good <laughs> is somebody does somebody have something that they want to talk about silo silo oh, silo silo yeah. silo, yeah. silo. 
<laughs> Silo. Um, yeah, Steve, you were the one who kind of, I mean, I had this on my radar, yeah. but you really put us on it as something that, that had its hooks in you. So talk yeah. about how you kind of, how you kind of fell across it. And, you know, and honestly, like it all kind of, it. It, it all kind of started because of Rebecca Ferguson. Like I just really am a, a, ma- a big fan of hers and she's mm. having, you know, a great year or she will have a great year because of, you know, I've saw her doing press for Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1 and for Dune Part 2. And now she has this Apple TV series called Silo. And I'm hearing people talk about comparisons to Lost um, and even and even uh, the M. Night Shyamalan's The Village. Like, why? Because I think it that's has a problematic really... writer's room. Is that why people? <laughs> <can't>... <laughs> no, no, no. no. Okay. But I mean, I feel like those comparisons like, you know, hook me. And I think that the show is that's pretty accurate. I think I think it does have that vibe of those two properties mixed together. If that interest you i think that hook is enough to check this show out but yeah i just heard, heard that she was in an apple tv series I'm like wow she's on like a tv series it's great apple tv we always talk about it like the productions of their shows or you know the value production value is is through the roof and they look amazing mm-hmm. and they have a lot of great creative staff involved with their shows showrunners writers directors they have a really cool mix of of creators working on these various projects and i think silo was just something that hooked me pretty quickly um i think uh, you know, it's one of those shows where it has a really impressive cast and it's only in, you know, an episode or two in where you realize how that cast is leveraged uh, in terms of how minor or major certain actors or actresses are in the in the story, in the A story that yeah. we're watching. Yeah. Um, but like other names, big names, you know, that may be here for a little bit, you know, have a smaller presence in the show, but their their purpose is great. And I really, really think that show, the first season of Silo, did a really good job of like not letting us forget about characters that maybe we didn't spend a lot of time with on yeah. screen. And, um, you know, appreciating, really really to speak to like the first and second episode like that we get with certain actors and actresses um, a- a- as like this, this spark for this story, you know? And yeah. I think, uh, you know, if you like a nice mystery, you know, with, with some sci-fi elements to it, not too heavy. Um, some really great performances, some so-so accent cover up. You know, I, I mentioned before Rebecca's accent <laughs> kind of bleeds through. I mean, there's so time. many. There's um it, it's uh, crazy. Harriet Walter as Martha Walker. Yeah. She's like doing almost like a Midwestern kind of accent. <laughs> and she's like, we know how British she sounds. Like she's the bad oh, mom on succession. On succession and yeah. I think she was the bad mom on Ted Lasso. Ted too. Lasso. That's right. That's and right. I, I know her as the mo- the the woman who's like uh nursing. Chewbacca at the end of The Force Awakens. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe that's when that happens, where he's like going, he's like complaining to her, and she's like, oh, yes, you're very brave. That's her? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> so, like, I think that's great. I mean, I don't know where she's been all this time, probably in a ton of stuff, and we just didn't notice, but, like, I love when someone, like, hits what their character actor spot is. And like, maybe when she was younger, she got different sorts of roles, but like, I love that she's got this, you know, and Harriet uh, Walker is a, um, is a, is an interesting, cool character or Harriet Walter, I guess is, uh, is her name. Martha Walker is the character. Um, She's a cool, interesting character. And you just have to believe that weird accent. The one thing that's funny is it seems like everybody would talk the same if they had been in this silo for 140 years, which is what has supposedly been happening. Um, but uh and can't watch tv because tv I, 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 right. pick up some of the accents you right, know, right. Oh, okay that's a cool show 
You just have to get past it. I don't really care. Like, I almost would say, why not just let everybody talk in their normal accent and we'll get over it. But it is funny when it's like (laughs) three or four major characters in this are someone with like Ian Glenn from uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also has like, he's got a crazy wig and a crazy accent. And yet there are still moments where he says something to his daughter that I like, there's a moment in the thing where like late in the story, he says to her, you look good with that badge. And it really like emotionally hit me. I don't know. I was yeah, sitting there yeah. like, yeah, I was like, sure. it was like, I mean, you know, maybe as a guy whose dad's been gone for a while, it was nice to hear like, Oh, it's not, it's, it made me think like, Oh, it's cool. When your dad says something like that to like you, yeah. that, you don't yeah. always get that from your dad. Um, or at least the stereotypical, you know, thing, you might be more likely to get general supportive comments from your mom and your dad picks his moment to say something like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know um, if I've ever seen an actor more confused all the time. Like, what, what do you mean? I've never said anything about this. I don't know anything about this. I haven't heard anything about this. It's like, man, how many times? Wh- what were you doing in this lifetime? Right. Are you not paying any attention? This level of corruption that exists. Well, I mean, like, but like, it is a mystery show, and so you it do is. have characters that reveal little bits, like you're saying, Ronald. And I think that it, it almost made me laugh at different times whenever this show would introduce a new bit of world building and kind of hand wave around it. But mm. I thought they did a really good job. I mean, like, my antenna is out for like clunky exposition mm-hmm. and bad character beats that don't make sense and i found that this show was pretty like it's not airtight but i thought it was yeah. pretty solid yeah. that whenever i was like wondering a question and going like well what's what's up with that the show i always feel we've talked about this like how long should you be confused if you're watching yeah. a story yeah. that's well told maybe f- 15 minutes is like a long time to be confused about a major yeah. detail but several episodes is not long to be uh confused if it's a minor thing and i think this show does a good job of answering those questions and i think that um knowing that there's it's based on a series of books and there's a lot more story and i guess there's a second season that's already being made so a lot of my would would be complaints are not complaints because i know we're getting more but a lot of times with a show like this i'm like how do you know you're getting more than one season you know why would you make an incomplete thing but i think this show it has a great sort of cliffhanger at the end of the season that um feels very losty in the way that it expands the world, but also gives us an answer. There's a couple of answers we get that are maybe not what we thought we'd get. And then there's yeah. a whole new answer or a whole new set of questions, but you see how the second season could be open to a huge expansion of like characters we're going to see and worlds we might encounter yeah. uh, through this concept of these, um, this, the people that are living in this silo. I mean, we should say it's like people are in the silo and there's like, what are the main facts they know? They don't know what caused the situation they know they can't go outside because it's poisonous they know that yeah. one day they should be able to but they know that day is not today like there's yeah. these basic rules that they live by and it does feel sort of like and wouldn't the rich a real people so- at the top and the right. poor people at the bottom it's the snow piercer train but it's a silo yeah um no i but i think it's 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 i mean maybe i'll just throw it to you guys what do you think about the world building because i do think they did a good job of keeping me interested with my sort of bullshit detector i thought the fact that it felt a little noirish a little bit like a detective story a little bit even elements of horror that creep into this um i thought they did a good job of keeping me hooked so that the mystery stuff wasn't the only thing going and therefore it was okay if they kind of, like I said, hand wave some things and 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 hint at stuff that it seems like people would be demanding more information than they're getting. But yeah. I have to believe these people have only known this crazy situation. So what did you think of the kind of mythology or world building and the mysteries in this story, Ronald? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the coolest shows I've ever seen. You know, like, I guess the argument is like it. people always say, you know, if I was in that situation, I would. But 
what if your base knowledge of the, of everything was just the things that were in front of you? And I think that we forget that when we're watching a TV show, it's like, God, you, we, we're omniscient. We're seeing everything. We're seeing everything that somebody says in another room, everything that somebody's hiding from another person. Right. But this really does do, I think a person sat down, you know, like you said, and was like, what if this happens? This will explain it. What if this happens? This will explain it. I mean, even if it's, even if it's, wonky logic it is wonky logic in that world too so right. don't like think that it's just right, wonky right. as a watcher it, it is wonky to the people that are experiencing it and that's kind of the basis of the whole coolness of it like why it creates such a a big question so it's like a know, philosophical I, tale almost because it's so closed it's such a closed universe you know what yeah, i mean and anytime yeah. they introduce a new detail or a new fact they can control if you've ever tried to write anything you just wrote a short film ronald like if you're trying to create like a story you have to think about like what's the reality you can control because if you set your story in regular reality you have to pay homage to so many details that everybody Yes. knows about if, yes. but if you've set it in a very specific world your task <laughs> then becomes like how do you make people believe this is how people would behave because yeah. you don't want people to feel like they are people in a in a fable that has a, a message to it and i don't feel like this is messagey but it does have that slightly fabulistic quality where we're making certain assumptions about it from the first episode that might be accurate but they might we might be completely off base as to what's really behind all this yeah for sure <clears throat> what about steve, you steve what do you think of kind of the world uh i mean i love i love any kind of show or or like where you kind of drop into it and you have tons of questions and like random characters in the season answer the questions like it's not always yeah the 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 leads of the show and and in most cases this season or the first season of silo you get stuff from characters that you may only have a few scenes with you know there's like the the, the criminal guy i don't even remember the character's name but like the criminal patrick that kennedy like, is the character's name patrick and kennedy yeah rick gomez is the actor that plays him and i can't i spent the whole time wondering what I, what do i know him from and i looked him up and i don't know him from anything but i know this guy he's His that voice... he's got one of those those faces though like you you definitely <laughs> he does i feel i feel like i know him i don't i haven't <laughs> called the him criminal up. i love that i like he's the that criminal. guy that but like he does you know, emerge they... steve you're right he starts and you can tell maybe it's based on a book because it feels like the way in a book a character gets mentioned early on and then later they're super important you know yeah. like he had a lot right. to do he, in the last few episodes exactly like he comes in at the end and like as a pivotal piece for her <laughs> to find out like a big piece of information uh, uh yeah. for, for the for the little like piece of information she's been seeking the whole season you know like and he's an interesting um, kind of cool vibe like he has a kind of edgy quality he's not quite an everyman but you do sort of feel like he's almost more like maybe that would be me if i was in this world like i would have to be like scheming and figuring shit out and, yeah, and... I just I just like the idea of like, I think the reason I like the show so much is that, you know, I love the cast. The story is really interesting. I love <laughs> the idea of just like. Basically, the uh, like a truth that's basically been covered up and buried for 140 years, you know, or right. what, whatever, yeah. whatever they claim. And like, there's this massive thing that they live in. And um, but what I was going to say was like, I love the idea of. Like the importance of all of these like secondary and tertiary characters. Like you don't spend a lot of time with them. Even some of the ones I mentioned from the first two episodes that we don't spend a lot of time with, um, you know, they pop back up later in the season and even like, you know, uh, you know, like there's, there's uh, her uh, or the, the, a couple of the, the guys that she may or may not have like a love interest in, you mm -hmm. know, that, 
you know, are very important to the season, like extremely. Um, And like how that's leveraged by those in control of the silo against her and, you know, to manipulate her. I don't know. I just, I I guess it's kind of still saying what John mentioned, like, you know, like narratively, like loopholes or like logic. Like, I feel like the show is pretty tight. And I think that really kind of just makes it such an easy and interesting watch. Um, And honestly, like, I don't want to put any spoilers out there, but just the fact that like the whole idea around the show of like these relics that are not allowed or that are like basically sought out and hidden and to think of a world, if it's 140 years in the future or whenever this takes place, this dystopian society where, you know, the things that we can look at and we know what they are as viewers in today in 2023 and to think in this series, you know, these things like, I don't know, like a hard drive, you know, is something that they're not allowed to have. Or if someone found like a you Funko know, Pop, a, a Funko years Pop from now, yeah. uh, like a magazine, you know, Legos like, are going to last. Just, Someone's going to find things. a lot of Lego in my house if, if they ever ex- excavate it. So just things that are like, uh, you know, pieces of life. And when those things are not allowed, like from the before times and you versus you compare that to what's allowed in the now in this world um, and see how limited what is allowed is, you know, what, what there is that is allowed in this world. Oh, other things that aren't allowed. They can't have a motorized <laughs> way of traveling between floors. I was going to say that. So even as far as we know, the yeah. rich people are doing walking up and down, but we do see 144, yeah. yeah, 144 well, levels. And then also notice, the, no magnification, like no, no, um, no, ex, like beyond a certain point, no magnification. Yeah, what, it's like they're trying to keep them in a kind of dark ages kind yes. of status. The magnification um, thing is so specific. Yeah. It yeah. bothered me when I heard no, it, it. But it's like, it's so true to this, to the, right, right. But that's the effect it's supposed to have. Um, yeah. I think the two, we're kind of talking about the tone of these mysteries. There was one scene, I just, I'll talk about a couple of things that were like good, creepy moments for me the scene where she goes down on the rope over the water yep was creepy as fuck to me and it was was. totally grounded but i kept thinking man we don't know what she's going to (laughs) discover down there and even just if all she did was drop into that water and have to swim to the side and like that was that would that's creepy enough but the suggestion that there's something unknown maybe a passageway something going on down there um i think we might be returning to that but also the score it's one of those kind of repetitive scores where the theme of the the, the theme music at the beginning is kind of the main theme you hear pr- repeated throughout the show. But there was like a piano version of it that played a lot, and particularly in the first episode, kind of under the story of what Rashida Jones's character does in that episode. Mm-hmm. And the note of like horror and sadness that it added to that story, a very emotional story Yes, um, already. I felt such dread and sadness watching that first episode that it almost made me go, Oh, I hope this gets a little more fun. And it it does get a bit more fun, but this, this, the the, the almost body horror mixed with like psychological uh, breakdown mixed with just the sadness of, 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 you know, I don't know the way that episode plays out. I, 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 that really got me like tonally that felt like it's not necessarily a pilot that indicates story-wise what you're going to get. But tonally, it really set me up for the sort of sadness of this world and the kind of inescapable sadness of it, which is like we don't quite feel that same way about any other character later as we did about those characters in the first episode where it just felt so bleak. But that sets that parameter for you to see, like, here's how it can go in this world. Here's how it can go wrong for you in this world if you sort of say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, Oh, man. Now now that I've watched that show, like my perception of 
um, a certain Apple device that's coming out soon <laughs> shook me up a little bit. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? Are <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Well, you don't know is that you're already wearing it and you're only right. seeing what you're and seeing I'm, because you and think I'm in a box and we're all in a box somewhere you're like actually a 110 house. years old and you're like gray and withered in, in a little box oh, don't do that to me man because when i you know when i, I won't i won't do that, that to you <laughs> the 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 synergistic cyber beings from the future have already done that to all They've of us already Ronald. Done it. yeah it's already been yeah, done yeah. it's already been dunted it's um, craziness but yeah it's it i i can't wait to see what they'll do it's, it reminds me of not not any reason other than just what i'm about to say like it's an hbo sh- show but on apple tv plus um and it reminds me of like slow horses in that way that's like yeah. a show that apple tv plus has in its arsenal and i think it can keep coming back at least for a third season and maybe more and it's like this is just a this feels like it has a feel to it that i'm now describing as the apple tv plus feel yeah. um and I, it's a it's a it's a good thing it's a high production value and it's yeah. like you know everybody's trying hard it seems and what graham yost is the guy behind this show and you know people who love yeah, justified he's, he's, he's a great, great writer and great showrunner so it, you know it's got a lot it's got a good pedigree behind it in that sense so. very cool um so i i know we like to talk about <clears throat> prestige shit can we can we name some schlock we've been watching i love some schlock i love some like well, i told you guys i wanted to do a whole episode about trash tv but maybe we can uh, we can man, run down like a, a, some of the shit can we talk watching. about stars on mars can we talk about uh i'm I'm watching this one called uh marimoto sushi master it's actually a roku show i've been targeted for that show like crazy on my Steve. Like, i keep seeing ads for it everywhere Steve, don't fuck around turn that on <laughs> it's it's because You've seen cooking shows before, but have you seen a sushi show? You know, it's like you take a rare fish and if you yeah. cut it the wrong way, the sushi master tells you how terrible you are. And he's like chilling in Nike Air Force Ones, you know, just like a cool, <clears throat> incredible sushi show. I saw a really funny uh, meme recently where it was just uh uh, Gordon Ramsay's only funny because he doesn't talk to me that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so true. <laughs> but all these chefs can be so mean. Well, you speaking of chefs, we watch um there was a show uh, called Secret Chef that we, okay. that we watched most of that season like over the, like a couple of days. Um we watch uh we kind of watch on Hulu whenever a new Gordon Ramsay he has a new show every so 6 good, weeks. Man. We we watch those when they come out. We've watched you know- Crime Scene Kitchen. <laughs> we've we've watched uh Claim to Fame. Um, okay. we've watched some shit. I mean, we, we will say like, do you want to watch a show? And it's like, yeah. do, what do you want to watch? We have three levels of show. We have like murder show. Okay. Murder trash show. TV. And I think technically murder shows fit into trash TV, yeah, but they're yeah. a separate subgenre. Separate. You, you have to be ready for something a little grim. Trash yeah. TV is a little more mindless. Hell and isn't yeah. going to make you think about like, uh, is my family going to be abducted and murdered or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, but trash TV is like, well, what are you in the mood for? Like something real. And it's like, ah, I don't feel like watching something real. Yeah. So no, are no, we going to watch? And then if I don't want to watch, anything then nikki will put on hoarders or intervention two shows that she know depress the shit out of me <laughs> i will get sucked into them but they i find them really like they they, they affect my mood so yeah. yeah then we watch what else have we watched um we'll watch uh judge steve harvey sometimes <laughs> um Nothing wrong and, with that. and and we've watched uh celebrity family feud pretty much whenever it uh whenever it is on so you know we'll watch we, it's it's not a highbrow situation over here at, at uh yeah, the Walter man, jordan I- house I'm glad I'm glad that you watch that stuff because you know I I love talking about like great prestige shows, but man, I'm I don't mind watching Stars on Mars or 90 Day Fiance. Oh, or, 90 Day Fiance. 
sister wives or and there's a new one like brother brother husbands or <laughs> it's like it's like, oh, it's like a weird one happened but okay there's one that i want to name that's kind of in between oh it's like schlock but also kind of like fun to watch it's semi-trash. like trash uh fire country oh. have you guys heard of this Mm-mm. it's about um a guy that lives in the, uh california uh his family are all uh firefighters in this in this area of, of this california Hashtag, forest. they're the real heroes they're the real heroes a crime happens and he does some time and they have like a volunteer firefighter program that they have for people to get out of jail which is like actually a real thing and they put him back in his town where he grew up i mean what do you want and the father hates him <laughs> Because it involves his, uh, he got into a car accident where his sister died. So the father's like, I hate you. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> and the mom is like, well, we, gotta, we gotta work this out. Fire Country is one of the most entertaining shows I've ever seen. I know it probably rated terribly. It's fun. It's been renewed because it's it, it's done really well. Uh, but Fire Country, please watch this show. <laughs> if you want something that's not too heavy, but heavy, you know what I mean? Like they tackle a lot of stuff, but it, it's a, it has some romance in it. It's it's it's, it's cool, man. Who show? Um, what about you, you know, Steve? Oh uh, yeah, Steve. What what's what's your what's your I, I gotta example? Say, of- I gotta say, like I, I don't I don't I don't really I don't really watch a lot of shows like yeah. that. To be honest with you, not not man. to be like a stars know, on Mars, man. I, I, yeah, I I feel like all, I I honestly feel like I have so much limited time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, watching too much anything. good stuff to watch. <laughs> well, like, like li- literally, like I said at the top of the episode, I feel like I, I'm behind on all the things I know I want to watch, whether it's TV or movies, or like going to a theater. That I'm just like, when I lay down, I'm just like, okay, what was that show? Oh yeah, let me watch an episode of that. Yeah, yeah. But I really haven't like some of that more like kind of fun, silly stuff. I, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't really uh, have something that I've been watching recently. Um, were you gonna say something else, John? I feel like I saw. Well, you. I wasn't gonna say anything else about. I was gonna segue out of the, these kind of reality ish shows yeah. to a show that Steve has recommended that that I also want to co-sign on. When Please. that's Jury Duty, Jury Duty is such a good. I I just started show. on that. Yeah, oh it's really well done. It's so it's so good that the next show I watched after it, I was subconsciously going, "Wait, which one of these actors doesn't know this isn't real?" And I was like, <laughs> "Wait a minute, no, that's just that show." But like. That was that. I, um, you know, so the, the premise of the show is it's sort of like a Joe Schmo, like if people remember that, that's an ancient idea. It now, is, though. it is, but it's like it is it, Joe Schmo, but it's like a reality show where everybody is in on the joke except for one person. Yeah, and then you you put in those roles, you put actors, and I, I've recognized some of these people as like improv comics and people that mm. have been on like podcasts that I know, but most of them are not faces you would recognize. But I think there are a few recognizable character actor faces, even outside of uh, James Marston, who's playing himself uh, as one of the people who's in, you know, in part of the created rea- reality. But I think that's why the whole sequestered without your phone thing works, because the guy can't like look up anybody and do research yeah. about, and it's all also happening over a week. You know, it's a trial that's supposed to take a week. So it's like the way a show works that they can shoot a lot of stuff over that week where all these actors are in character with this real person the whole time. And they're just kind of goosing. You can tell there's some prep and there's some prepared gags and, and storylines that they're pushing, but it still feels very organic. And I'm, pr- I'm pretty impressed with the acting on this show. Yeah, like I really sure. feel like 
like particularly i thought the judge was like Alan amazingly Baronholtz, i know ike Baronholtz's dad which is crazy <clears throat> he's only been in two things and he he got the he was <laughs> it was like ike, a lawyer for 40 years yeah know? so ike has a uh an interview where he talks about how pissed he got that his father his second acting job he's like top billing on yeah. a tv show and incredibly good in it so good. Well, he's watched so many judges. You feel like he's doing like an impression almost of like a, a judge. But sure. I feel like so. I don't know. I I I really do think when 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 Steve came back a second time to say, "Have you guys been watching that?" I was like, I knew that I wanted to watch it, but Steve yeah. doesn't usually come back for a second recommendation. <laughs> um. So I, you know, I I kind of bumped it up. But I, you know, I tried to finish the season uh, before this. I I'm you know I have, still have two or three episodes to watch. But um, I just thought it was really funny. Like so funny that even without the concept, I was like, I would watch this show if it was just a show like if this was just a show about a jury and it it didn't have the conceit i would i would find it funny but the fact that it's uh, it's one of those experiments that works you know it actually and i think the other thing that works and this may have been something we talked about before steve because i've heard people talk about this before i even watched the show is that they lucked out when they got this guy ronald it's a great name. It just means it's a great guy, right? Um, they got this guy, Ronald, who's got like a good heart. He's not like a super, he's not like an overly sensitive, sweet guy, but he's got a, just a good heart and he's just kind of a basically decent dude. And yeah, it really yeah. helps all the stuff they're trying to do around him, that he's a good kind of almost like bland. If you were going to make a sitcom with like a bland person at the center of a bunch of characters, yeah. he's a good, like he's solid so good. dude to have. And he's, you know, he says some funny things from time to time and his reactions are like... <laughs> I, I feel like he's on the verge of figuring out there's something going on, yeah. but it, I think they just play it straight enough that, that he wouldn't know. He just thinks it's a crazy week. He just keeps saying, man, this has been a crazy it's time. It's been crazy. And he's no snitch. Whenever he hears something inappropriate, no, right. yeah. he never repeats it. No, it's, it's true. It's crazy. Like, cause, cause some of the things he hears are so crazy. Yeah. That you would think anyone like, else would turn around and say, <laughs> oh my God, you won't believe what they said. It's like, nope. No, he was a pretty nice guy. Like, yeah. are you sure? <laughs> That's what's so cool about Yeah, I'm him. trying to stay out of this, you know. Yes, so good. Well, let's talk about James Marsden, what he's doing on this show. Steve, you, you've seen, I think, the whole run. Like, is, yeah. we love this guy already, but, you know, this is like a great kicking himself in the in the pants yes. <laughs> sort of thing. Just that Hollywood actor, you know, so, so good. You know, kind of full of himself. How do I bring myself up again? Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, like the... It, the Emmys coming out today, like, you know, he got nominated for the show. James Marsden did. And the show got nominated as well for a comedy series. That's deserved. And it kind of awesome. surprises me because it feels like a Absolutely. show that would have people would have slept on. I'm glad that it, it got that response. No, no, this is a great series. Um, highly, highly recommend it. Um, yeah, one of those things that, you know, we are fortunate enough to have access to some of the screeners for shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I saw this pop up, um, I had heard a little bit about it. Um and I just kind of binged it, you know, when I, as soon as I could, I was definitely, it kind of sucked a little bit. Cause like, you know, I'm watching it so quickly and early, I was like, no one has seen this. I'm telling people about it. They ha- they don't know what freebie is, you know, right. it's like, <laughs> where do I watch this show? Um, but yeah, it's just a really, really well executed, just a really funny, uh, and it's not a prank show. Like they talk about this a lot. Like they're not pulling a prank. Um, it really is a showcase of like how really like how good a person could be. And like you said, like this guy, Ronald, that they ended up on uh, Ronald Gladden, he's just like a good guy. And like, you know, when he makes friends with people, like he kind of starts talking about them as if they're his friends and family and these other jurors that he is kind of sequestered with, um, you know, they put him in some pretty crazy situations and, you know, he reacts in a way that is like, you know, kind of encouraging and inspiring of like, 
you know that there's still real, there's still good people out there even amongst <laughs> the most ridiculous situations where you know it could bring out the worst in in others it just seemed like you know he kind of the show the show kind of coasts on his you know likability and you know the, the the funny people that they put around him yeah uh, true. but it's definitely yeah it's it, it's a high high recommend for me too like this is a great one of the better shows i've seen all year for sure and probably the biggest surprise of the year for me in terms of just like coming out of nowhere and people really not hearing about it. Now it's a show that's been Emmy nominated and a lot, anybody, anybody that has watched it that I've talked to about it has loved it. And I mean, it, cause it is extremely funny. Um, <laughs> Wait, which one have you watched up to Ronald? Just seen the first couple maybe, or thank Okay, so both of these jokes. Well, I I don't think I'll spoil this for anyone who hasn't seen it. Really, the scene, the jump scare. <laughs> he's reading the script, and he's trying to get everybody's attention. James Marsden wants everybody to ask him about this script, and he jumps when he's reading it. And get everyone looks over there, and he's like, "Oh, sorry that that was a jump scare. It really got me in the, in the script." <laughs> I also the the when the defense attorney sees the video that the uh, prosecution has this. <laughs> And tries to create his own video to show. <laughs> oh my and god! It's like, that the son made. I mean, well, the, um, nephew, his made cousin. Okay, okay, this is like a side plug within this. Have Have you guys watched? I, I don't listen to my brother, oh, my brother and me, the the um, the podcast with the McElroy brothers on it. Um, but oh uh, but uh, they have a thing, a YouTube series called Monster Factory. Okay, where they go into video games character design settings and they basically try to break the the design <laughs> okay. and and some of them they go in and break the code where they're like making it so that the chin is like uh, okay. 100 feet long in the world yeah. but that that character that was animated in that defense attorney's video was kind of like that where it's like someone just has not worked out the physics of like yes. the, the the cgi rendering and there's all this crazy <laughs> stuff that happens when you don't work that stuff out properly um i would say if you find that moment funny you know maybe i'm not even a video game guy but i've watched a couple of those monster factory things and it's just oh. so giddy because it's just two voices talking while they go in and try to push every every modifiable character thing that you can design to the maximum weirdness in combinations um oh. but that's what it reminded me of was just go you know ed ending up with this like horribly animated monstrosity um that did lawyer, you notice man. did you notice that the prosecuting attorney kind of broke there was a quick shot of the prosecuting <laughs> really? attorney she i think i saw like the real actress laugh at that moment like she was actually yeah. surprised but i don't think they're doing multiple i don't think they're tricking the situation and like like getting lines a second time at any point. So th they wow. really are married to the moment. And you can even tell sometimes they edit around <laughs> a moment that was maybe planned to go a certain way. And someone maybe steps on a line in a funny way. But I think these actors are, are really good at keeping that illusion going. That lawyer um, is so good, man. Does he have more <laughs> moments like that? Like he's so good. He does something later on that is funny, but only kind of clever funny. Not not like that would maybe that may be my biggest laugh was just the ridiculous. Why is bad CGI like the funniest thing? I guess it it's his just, reaction to it, man. Yeah. <laughs> when he was trying to pick how he was gonna show it. He was like, I'm gonna show it on the TV. He's like, no, 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 it doesn't work. Let me show you my tablet. On my tablet. <laughs> He has no, to walk over, and he's kind of showing it around the room too. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, I think that's another reason why maybe this show can have a moment, Steve, is because whereas maybe like the bear taps into something, people are talking about going back to work. People are talking about like you know what kind of job 
kind of career do people want nowadays when the job market is so crazy? And here's this, right. you know, passionate, you know, passion for this job. I feel like there's an, there's something going on that maybe jury duty is tapping into, even with the kind of sort of goop, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow inspired sort of case that's being tried. There is a right. little something about like our rubbernecking tendencies uh, in our culture and the kind of, the kind of people we like to pass judgment on. I feel like the case on both sides of the court case they're sort of believable but they also are sort of caricatures of people that that you can kind of kick around a little bit and i think there's something about that that might maybe it's getting a little bit of juice out of out of that plus i was at jury duty fairly recently and you know i feel like they capture a lot of the details really well like a subtle performance that you might not even think about but i feel like whoever that is playing the bailiff she's so great believable and so real she is the uh so you haven't finished it john no, I've got like two or three more to go. Okay. Yeah. And it's not a spoiler, but like the last episode is like really kind of more of a, a reveal. Like mm-hmm. they, re- like it's revealed. Before I was wondering the last if, if they would do that. They would spend but time they, but they, with yeah, the reveal. At the end of the episode, the last episode is really kind of like conversations about the show and oh, him and I them, see them that. talking about them, you know, like, you know, any kind of questions he had, like that maybe he thought something was weird or, but that episode is great because they do spend a lot of time on the the girl who played the bailiff. Cause like oh, there okay. was, there are moments where like you had to pivot because someone screwed up. Like somebody grabbed the purse that they shouldn't have had that wasn't theirs that he might've recognized somebody else had. And like, she had to pivot in the moment to kind of save a scene. Mm-hmm. And like, it was, it, they kind of show that stuff, which is really cool. But like that whole, like he he's just like a great version of like a, the Truman, you know, a Truman show, yeah. you know, like yeah. that's what the show is. But he's a really good version of that. This guy, Ronald. Um, and yeah, and he's having a moment now, too. Like he's, you know, got it. I heard him on a podcast with James Marsden and he's uh, like got an agent and, you know, who knows where he goes in Hollywood. But this wow. has been a, a pretty awesome experience for him. Um, but yeah, definitely check out Jury Duty. It's it's definitely one of the best surprises of the year, and it's it's sweet and it's funny and it's just it's just a great show. Um, um, yeah, because there's know. moments where fictional characters who may even have a plan behind their conversation are interacting, and you're just as interested in it as yeah, you yeah, are yeah. when they're talking with him. And that's when I really yeah. that's when I realized like, oh wait, no, this is just a well conceived like so improv good. slash written kind of model for a show. It's just a really yeah. really well conceived. Uh, you know, you could almost minus the experiment part of it. You could do a second season just following another jury on a different case. And it would be fun to see the sort of characters that they would create. Like it's sure. a, it's a couple of writers for the office that that created this. And I do think it has uh, it's got a little bit of that, like post office sitcom kind of vibe yeah. juice to it Um. anyway. So yeah. uh, anybody else have anything they want to mention? I mean, I, you know, we never really talked about how we felt about the end of Ted Lasso. I guess I was kind of wondering if I could get some thoughts from from you fellows on that, since we were pretty, you know, po- pretty high on that show when it when it first hit. And it kind of was our it was one of our like pandemic uh, comfort food shows. Um, what did you think of of season three of Ted Lasso and particularly the end of it? I loved it. I I mean, I I know that it's tonally different, but I, this is a man that was away from home for whatever time. I mean, like, you have to address that at some point, yeah. right? Like, I feel like this is one of the cooler, Um, I don't know, this felt like the interpersonal relationships with the team members. I feel like I saw that a lot more. And, um, you know, I know it's not the same sort of, feeling that maybe the first i mean the first one was like lightning in a bottle right but it still maintains that that heart that love that um yeah 
Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it. I really, I, I, I really thought, it, I thought it was really good too. Like yeah, I, it was good, I, man. I, I really enjoyed the final season and yeah, it yeah, I think, I think there's too much. I think there's probably the critics, like if I'm being like, there's too much going on, you know, it's like, did they oh, intend yeah, for it yeah, to end sure. in three or was there, you know, right, con- right. you know, but I mean, even that, that said, it's just like what you, what, what made people love the show is still on display in the last season, almost maybe in too much, uh, too much, you know, mm. of a quantity, yeah. but I still think it kind of like, you know, lands it enough that you walk away from at least this version of this story, whatever goes on with these characters going forward with spinoffs and whatever, but like, you know, the Ted Lasso piece of it and, and his story, at least, um, you know, I thought it was great and I think it ended great. And, you know, it's, it's a great, it's, it's it, and it ended being a show that made me feel a lot of things and, and mostly good things. Um, but things that are, that were genuine. And I yeah. think, uh, that's a huge win, you know, well, again, I mean, I, 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 well, for me, it was the second yeah. season that felt like it, it <clears throat> fell off a tiny bit or it got more heavy or something, something with Ted's character. But I agree yeah, with you, Steve. Attacks. It's like, yeah. right. I just felt like I didn't need it to go there. I was fine with him being something kind of different. So I, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of in line with you. But even more so, I thought that the third season reminded me of the first season because of how funny it was and all that stuff you're talking about with the characters. To me, that yeah. felt very mm-hmm. like, like it totally got me in the feels at different moments. Um, yeah. And at the end, I felt like there were two or three big moments that were real payoffs for characters and sh- you know stuff we've been watching um so but I, yeah. I i i don't know if i'm that interested in this talk of like a spinoff even though there's a lot of characters with unresolved stuff going on i feel like there was like a mix there that t- if you take ted lasso out of it i don't know how interested i am in seeing just the lives of the other characters but um i could believe that they could work a show out of the remaining characters yeah, for sure um and uh you know like um who, who sort of is your um mvp for that show i mean outside of ted lasso who i still think in the end like you said steve he's kind of the one that brought us in yeah um, who's your who, who are, who's your next favorite character or maybe somebody hmm. that surprised you by becoming a favorite character hmm. it's tough there's a lot uh, yeah i know and, that, 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 and they're that, all likable that's, that's the success of the show Except for right, Rupert. right. Yeah. <clears throat> um I don't know. Uh <laughs> I think I think consistently and maybe what they did with the character I really liked what they did with Jamie. Me too. Um you know, I I I love a lot of, I love Sam as well. Like he's he's probably up there for me too and even mm-hmm. Rebecca. But I mean, I just think the 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 arc that Jamie had from where he was in the first season to the end of the show, yeah. I think it was the most like I I enjoyed seeing that character change the most. Like the maturity um, that he that he that yes, he took yes. on, and, right. And like and just knowing about him more about him and his and his past and his father and his, you know, and and seeing him with his mother this season like yeah. it just was a really nice I feel like it was like a great rounding of a character that made all of the changes that we saw him go saw him go through felt like earned valid necessary you know where some of the other characters had some of that development but kind of started to feel a little more not, not flat to me but i mean not as not as in 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 i wasn't as engaged to see how much more a character could change than jamie probably yeah I totally agree. That would have been my pick, even though like I love Roy's mm. scenes with Jamie. I think great. overall Jamie's arc was yeah. more impressive to me when I stood back and looked at it, because I really do think the like, again, similar to what I was saying about Richie on the on the bear. It's like 
I like when Jamie would show maturity. I like to see that he showed growth and like wasn't right. the same guy he was in the first season, kind of a heel. Um, yeah. And so for that reason, maybe he's a little bit more engaging as a character than someone like Roy, who you pretty much instantly recognize. Like, no, he's a really good guy beneath that gruffness, um, even though I thought hilarious performance. And I still think every Diamond Dog scene was worth the price of admission. <laughs> yeah, there was the not best. a single yeah. moment that wasn't. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, <laughs> just the, the whole thing. Speaking of which, I thought Trent, I loved seeing his role in this mm -mm. in this season the yeah. way that he kind of got to be a little bit more like it's the touchy-feely fun notion of the show where like oh the guy who you think might be like a viper in the in the in the world or like a you know a, a guy who's gonna like hurt them from within turns out to actually just write a really nice book about them <laughs> like yeah. i thought that was and also his relationship with the soccer player who who oh, had come out God, um, man, what a great storyline i thought that was great the way trent spotted kind of kind of knew what he needed to hear and was like you know you hear about that how someone can be like the the older person who helps you who guides you a little bit towards the right way to to you know tell your truth i thought that was just an interesting wrinkle and i thought they handled it well um but yeah you know it didn't resolve everything i don't know that i really needed it to i thought they had enough of like a sports movie kind of win feeling mm -hmm. and um yeah, I agree with you, Ronald. Let's let this guy get home to his kid. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I feel the same way. I mean, it, like, he got to a point where it's just like, we've we've done it all. I've, I've put y'all in a different league. I mean, yeah. what, what, what do you what do you want from me? Who's your favorite well, character, Ronald? Did you did you have one? I have like a intense crush on Rebecca. Oh, she's like great. intense Amazing. Crush on her. Yeah. She she like you know, I I think there's a thing that that <laughs> we don't talk about a lot, and that's kind of like uh, when somebody's younger, they're like over sexualized, right? Mm -hmm. And then as they get older, they remove all remnants of that from a person, right? And here, this this character comes along that has this amazing balance of strength and beauty, and you know, just vulnerability just you know you, you realize it you think that when you make it to you know 50 and over like you, you got it all figured out but it doesn't seem like like it there's an honesty about that it's like mm -hmm. we're all still trying to figure it out trent is an older man who's still trying to figure it out not, not that old but you know what i mean like not 20 yeah um just trying to figure it out like everybody else is the way that uh, you know everybody has a form of that in the show right. and, and and that that was something that i'd never seen but especially rebecca being uh uh <clears throat> this this person that was capable of like sexiness and but but high, highly intelligent really considerate but mean and you know that just just these dimensions that we all have mm -hmm. and seeing it through an older uh, uh i'm gonna say older because I, I don't want to keep saying older no seeing but, it through a more right. mature actress yeah it's just I've never seen it before. And well, I, a character and I, who's dealing with middle age too. I mean, that was part yes, of her character yes. arc was accepting that she's she's where she is in her life, and all this yeah. energy she put into her marriage has now gone up in smoke. And she's yeah. like at a point in her life where she wasn't expecting to have to figure out all this yeah. stuff. You and, know. and you know that 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 thing with Sam and her was really cool because it was like I acknowledge you as more than just uh, you know uh, a, a, a woman. You're you're like this this attractive human that i i'm I, I like being around and i like her complexity and that was that should have went on for longer I, I it hurt my heart but it, you know that's his boss you know but 
Yeah, it's like it's weird, but they did about as sweet of a job as they could with with it without making really it too did. weird. I really liked her relationship with Ted. I think that like anything that was centered on the team was in, was just innately more engaging to me than yeah. like Keely's dating life um or you know even even Keely and Roy like I liked them when they got together I didn't find yeah. it so interesting when they were like having problems and then they broke up again I was like at a certain point I think they may have been better served as characters if they had just been left together but I know they were trying to probably give us some options with what might happen and you know create a little mystery and all that stuff so but I feel like my favorite dynamic one of my favorite dynamics on the show was the Rebecca and Ted relationship um which is why I'm glad that they they gave us such a good last moment yeah, yeah, of that yeah. like that was a great because it really did have you going i don't know i kind of wish they had kissed Me i kind of wish they had said i love you but i'm a sap and i kind of understand that maybe in life sometimes not saying i love you is the way that you say i love you i don't know yeah, you know yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a sap though i would have said it um but i think that like that was the moment that really made me go this this show's ending you know was when those two yeah, characters yeah. had to had to say goodbye to each other um uh, because in the first season when he forgives her was one of the best was one of the moments where the show cemented what it does so well is like have yeah. someone surprise you by their their better nature being the thing Just that comes out yeah yeah right, right. um uh gemstones anybody got quick thoughts on that been keeping up with the, the third season of that the righteous gemstones on hbo motion right. genius like fucking <laughs> comedy you know it's weird it's like Love it's it. like Danny McBride's shows kind of formed Voltron to make gemstones. It, it, it's like yeah. all these elements from other shows <laughs> that were really good. I'm, I'm, I can argue that they're some of the best comedy shows I've ever seen. But it's almost like he took all those things and he's like, you know, I got my footing. Now I'm going to make gemstones, which has like, he fleshes out people more. He has more action in it. It's an <laughs> epic. I mean, it's it's, it's, a, it's a fucking epic at this point. Like <laughs> with all the flashbacks to, and stuff. If you do prequels <clears throat> like Yellowstone, mm -hmm. I'd be fine with it. By the way, oh, we got to talk about Yellowstones at some point in life. <laughs> but yeah, Gemstones is so well made. Um, I like how vulgar it is. I, I I think that people forget that like humans in the, in their like worst nature are vulgar and terrible people. So like Danny obviously leans into that a little more than most human beings but that's a real thing man yeah i love it, it that's why we like it so much because these people are like we've we've wanted to do some of these things at some point in our lives but seeing them do it like oh my god <laughs> and seeing them do it as kids you know yes. seeing in the flashbacks when they, those <laughs> those actors they've got to play particularly the young uh judy and uh and Jesse, Jesse are just yeah. amazing. But uh, you know who makes me laugh on that show almost almost as much as anyone is Adam Devine. I feel like he's got some of the funniest ex facial expressions and line deliveries. And that character I just love because it's like it seems like a joke maybe we've seen before of like the guy who's like maybe he's closeted and maybe he doesn't quite understand himself yeah. sexually or whatever. But I I just feel like they do such a the, the the spin on it you know and keith being his like right hand man and like oh it's just got some great side characters that's another show where people wander in like stars wander in to play odd roles and you don't know how long they're going to be on yeah. or if they're going to be a big part of it or whatever yeah. but uh, yeah it's a it's a huge epic kind of show i mean at this point yeah. going into third season and it feels like they've continued to add to that like family legacy and uh, walton goggins as as uh, so baby billy like, hey, baby billy 
Baby Billy. He's so good. Come you on, got, Jesse. Baby Billy's Bible Bonkers. Is that the name of the show he wants to do? He's like, you're not going to have me over, over here in a, a fucking pool, singing all day, <laughs> drinking mojitos. And, and it's like he chooses really weird words to yeah. make sound. Yeah. To like make sound a little different than you would normally say them. Yeah. Uh, he He's like so good at creating this. And I love the relationship with his his wife now. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of morphed into this, like, because it felt like he didn't want to be around her at one point. Now it's like he he's kind of like she could be, you know, in this superpower with me. Well, and she's kind of her- like the the Watson to his homes, if I, for lack of a better <laughs> way of putting sure. it. Like the way that she plays it now, he might still sure. betray her, but it does feel like yeah. she kind of cracked the whip on him to some extent to say, you know, like, no, you're going to you're going to be a good husband and a good father. You know, he's just too much of a schemer, but um, no, he's great. And I, you know, I still am not used to skinny John Goodman, but I'm happy for him. If he's, if he's doing well. And this, this CGI thing they're doing with his face where it's like brighter in the scenes than it is anything else. Like the lighting on his face is very bright. That's very weird. I hate it. I hate (laughs) it, but it's such a good show. And Steve's on, I mean, we love him anyway, but like, he's been a great addition and seeing in the most recent episode, we got to see like, why he was in the situation he's in and it's even worse than you might have thought it's just i'm so... starting to get him now like at first i was like what like steve's on is so funny to me i'm like yeah when is it gonna kick in then when they show us the flashbacks i'm like okay i get why they hired him he's fucking he's like this wild card now, man you're right when they explain that yeah i wasn't ready it's like he was never he never like it almost you you think maybe this is a guy who had something going on before he went to prison yeah. and then you find yeah. out no he really wasn't a guy who had anything going yeah. on um well i guess i don't know does anybody have I, you know but it would have been really fun to talk about the other two before we found out that the the creative team on that was a bunch of assholes so um i guess we or the the two showrunners supposedly were were cruel but that was kind of brutal how like i was high on that show people were finally talking about it then they announced that it was canceled and why it was canceled and it was like oh wow. it, it was fun to talk about for a minute and yeah. then it became unfun to talk about but have you did you guys watch the last uh the last season of uh the other i two? did not but um oh. but i think it's a really good show um steve did you watch it no i have i have i've only watched a couple episodes of it at all oh well, the last season yeah. like took a turn for the absurd and maybe maybe a bit more meta. But I will say this: that even though, like I just said, it's it's hard to like root for this show after finding out the people that made it were jerks. Um, there is a. Uh, it was just worth saying that when it it was doing some of the sharpest like pop culture media satire of anybody at the time, like a week it was on, it would be making fun of something happening in the media that was sort of happening that week. And it, and it incorporated how people use social media and how living online is so big to like a celebrity nowadays. And (laughs) I don't know, I feel like that was just something that I almost didn't expect from that show. And I really, it kind of felt like it was the successor to 30 rock or something in the sense of being really like razor sharp satire of, you know, the media. Um, but. It's so funny what what they choose to like hit on. Like somebody be like, "I'm really depressed." Like you depressed? How depressed are you? <laughs> Let's make this a thing. Oh god, yeah. So it's 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 a solid show. I'm sad that it it's gone out in a blaze of glory, or maybe not a blaze of glory now. But well, has anybody got any little wild wild card recommendations before we before we wrap this one up? I don't think so. 
Steve, you got anything? I was going to just mention a couple quickly, like just yeah, like sure, yay sure. or nay, yay or nays, real quick. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I was going to throw some of these around when we were back on the uh, silo conversation because Apple TV is 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 definitely having a moment right now. Okay, it's um, like sci-fi stuff. Well, yeah, like well, their big show. I haven't watched this show, but I it's it's on my list to check out because it's apparently like what they're like like all the chips are on this show, the fa- uh, foundation. Oh yeah, yeah, which. Um, I haven't watched it. A lovely pace. The moment I heard he was involved with it, I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta catch yeah. up and figure out this show. But I mean, this is apparently like the show that they think is going to be like their Game of Thrones show eventually, um, based on like the viewership of, I guess, the first season. But okay. um, I haven't watched that. But the ones I did want to mention real quick, um, I wanted to mention Platonic. We talked about that a little bit on the show. I finished that the yeah. first season. I thought that show was great. I need to finish. Uh, it. If you like neighbors, if you like Seth yeah. Rogen, Rose Byrne, uh, just a really, really great little, you know, rom-com about yeah. two friends, you know, kind of coming together and realizing that they kind of need each other to kind of get their shit together in life. Yeah. Um, Every episode feels like a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's I lo- so I loved good. It. I yes. loved it. And it's just another check in the box of like, I think I love everything Seth Rogen does. <laughs> um and then also I wanted to talk or mention real quick, the crowded room. I mentioned that when we were together last week, I, yeah. I kind of caught up on that. Uh, I think it's on its seventh episode. Um, not really enjoying that show. I got to be blunt. Okay. I, I, I try to yeah. find the best in everything. I feel really bad for Tom Holland. I feel like yeah. he's really kind of suffering through the, how brutally reviewed this, this series series was. And I wasn't really understanding how harsh people were being about it until I got really past season or past episode four or five. And where the show kind of starts to show the cards of what the show's about, um, and it kind of falls apart entirely for me. I mean, I'm going to continue to finish this 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 series to kind of see how it ends up. But where I'm at right now, um, I think there's a lot of really interesting and and really good performances in the show so far, and and he's he's really good in it. Um, but I feel like the show has really kind of gotten silly, which is a bad thing with a show mm. that's that's about what this show's about. Right. Um, but the other one I wanted to mention, the, the most recent one I, I started on was Idris's new show, Hijack, on Apple TV+. Plus. Mm. Idris Elba has a new, uh, like, kind of thriller uh, on the series, on the on the platform. It's on its fourth episode this week. Um, just basically about an air, a British airplane um, that gets hijacked, if you didn't get it from the title. <laughs> but uh, his character happens to be on this plane. And uh, the importance of what he is is basically he's like one of these guys. He's in Negotiators. Um, for like businesses that are like closing deals, like acquisitions, mergers, mm. that kind of you know he he finds the success in being able to kind of bridge the the gap of of where people aren't seeing you know eye to eye on certain things. So he's caught in this situation and you know trying to save himself, save the people on the plane, and and maybe the lives of the hijackers as well. But uh, that's I really like the show so far. So. Okay. That, it's only in four episodes so far. I don't know how many episodes the first season is, but um, that would be a recommend as well. So Platonic and Hijack were are so far definite for me. Um, crowded Room, proceed with caution. Um, I also wanted to just mention, um, what was the other one I wanted to mention? Platonic. Oh, Black Mirror. Uh, was on Netflix the the new season of Black Mirror, which I I, I enjoyed uh, quite a bit, especially the first like maybe two or three episodes of a short season. But that's on Netflix, um, and on Netflix as well is the last season of Never Have I Ever, which um, I wanted to just send my love to as 
um, arguably one of the better Netflix series I feel like I've watched. Um, the coming of age, high school rom-coms of, of anything I, I am a sucker yeah, for. So and good. I think this series is just incredibly well-made. Uh, I love all the, you know, the narration by McEnroe and um, the cast is just great. And I think the season ended amazing. The series ended amazingly. Um, so if you follow that show, um, make sure you check out that final season uh, on Netflix. Cause it just came out, you know, in the last month or so. Um, but I think that's all the ones I wanted to mention. It kind of snuck out, but I mean, people are definitely, I haven't watched it yet, but like, it's really good. It's like, you know, it's weird that a show, like, I don't know, it feels like in another world that would have been a show that people would have talked about more because it really was very warm and funny and strong right. and, and kind of raunchy for what it is and, and kind of, kind of sweet for what it is. I don't know. There was a, there was a, an interesting mix that it was, uh, that it was capable of hitting. And, you know, it's hard not to like that cast. There were some really likable young actors in it. It's funny. I feel like it, it did a really good job of like being very modern, like with what kids of that age right. would be like now without alienating the like me or us like that aren't yeah. of that age. But like I really you know you 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 can tap into all of the universal feelings that you right. that we all feel when you're that age, but like kind of it's it's very modern and it's like uh inviting i guess is the good word like for to 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 an audience that may not be of that age to be like yeah remember this like this is not your high school but you had your version of it and this is theirs and i thought that changed but not that much exactly yeah um yeah that's that's what i got anybody else you guys have anything you wanted to mention quickly that we didn't talk about already no i think i think that's it for me well, I, I guess I'll just throw out a couple things real quick. Uh, the Maybe next week we can do a segment on it. If you guys have watched a few episodes after party season two is Ooh. when this episode comes out, people will have been able to see the first two episodes of the second season. Um, this second season has a, a, another great cast, like a really a, full of you know, ringers, comedy actors that you like. Uh, John Cho is really good in it. Zach Woods is really good in it. Um, Anna Conkle from uh, uh pin 13 is uh, pin 15 is really good in it um i don't know there's just uh, a a lot of uh stuff carry over from the first season if you like the first season of after party i think the second one is just like a little bit more confident and a little bit more like they they recognize what they can do within an episode in terms of like what they can pull off in terms of the 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 premise of it is people tell a story it's a it's a closed room murder mystery and as we find out people's story of what happened each person tells their story and it's kind of rendered in the style of a the flashback is rendered in the style of a certain genre of movie and you you pretty much quickly pick up on what the genre is mm. they occasionally will stop and say oh it sounds like you're describing a da, 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 you know um but i mean they take on things like rom-com and period piece and i won't say more um but uh it's just very funny and meta and it's it's the lord and miller team that we've admired on so many different projects uh and how they can bring that kind of meta sensibility with a lot of heart and with real characters sam richardson is great uh tiffany haddish who was not my favorite thing about the first season she's back but she's actually better and funnier and a little sillier as a character in this one and there's reasons why i won't talk about the plot reasons why she might be a little bit sillier but um it's not as much like her show where she's the detective walking around explaining everything. It's more like uh, she and Sam Richardson are sort of a team as they try to piece together the truth of what happened on this, this, you know, the, why someone ended up dead. You can tell from the trailers who it is, but I won't spoil anything about it for you, except to say that, um, you know, it's very much the format of the first season is that even when the character dies, they're still in every episode heavily featured because we're getting a flashback right, to right, all the right. reasons why people might've wanted to kill this person, you know? 
Um, but no, just a really good, uh, really good character yeah. piece. And something else that kind of crept onto my radar. I don't know what to make of this show. I, you know, I, uh, I, I, it's the first show that I watched on BET plus. Um, but I just, I heard somebody mention average Joe and I was like, well, I've got to check out this How average is Joe show. It's kind of interesting. I mean, it's a little bit messy and kind of silly, but it's like somewhere in between, you know, the, the modern day sections of, uh, yellow jackets and like a, a kind of breaking bad knockoff in terms of its tone. I mean, it's got like people that get involved They're right away. They're in over their heads. They're killing people. They're getting involved with this crazy situation. And, but it's just, it's, I don't know. There's something kind of, uh, something kind of funny and interesting about it. And every time I'm like thinking, oh, maybe this has gotten a little too silly or something happened that I didn't quite buy. And there's some acting that's very much like cable, you know, what you might consider the old impression of a cable show. Um, I don't know. There's something about it, though. I have to say, I watched the first four episodes of it, and I'm definitely intrigued to know what happens uh, in the future. And I could imagine this show like really nailing its tone. It's got that Breaking Bad thing of like maybe there's some characters and some subplots that they don't quite know what to do with all the characters yet, and so some scenes are much more interesting than others, you know. Mm. Um, but uh, I don't know. There's something about it. So yeah, if you're in the mood for some kind of fun silly crime hijinks that pretty pretty quickly gets bloody and uh seems to stay there uh tonally i would say uh you know there's a free trial of bet plus waiting in your future and you can I'll check, check it out, out. <laughs> average check it out i was very interested in it and i have still haven't seen it yet. I'm... Oh. I think that's it's, it. it's an above average show average ah, show see, there's my I can see what you do there look at you <laughs> Cool. Well, that's a lot of television or a I lot mean, of Schmella Schmission. Hopefully you guys took notes because that was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. A lot, uh, a lot, a lot. If you did take notes, send them to me so that I can put them in the episode <laughs> description. Because that's <laughs> that's a lot to remember. Wow, yeah. This is and more that I need to catch up on that I <laughs> that I haven't finished yet. Oh man. All right, cool. Well, uh we'll do another one of these, I don't know, a few months from now. I'm sure there's Again, tons of stuff coming out, so we'll have more to talk about. Again, we try to mention it on the on the main podcast every so often if something really kind of stands out, and we'll continue to do that. But it's always nice to kind of do these like kind of bigger episodes, the kind of go down our our bulleted list of what we didn't really give a much enough yeah. time to on the podcast. But um, next week we'll be back to our, our our normal format. Hopefully, we'll have all seen, or hopefully, I don't know, some combination of us will have seen. Mission Impossible, uh, which is in theaters now. Um, and maybe we'll talk about that next week. Uh, I think depending on how we record next week, we may also um, be able to talk about Oppenheimer, um, which will be exciting. Uh, and then we'll get to Ronald's uh, pick for required viewing, which was once again, Black Rain. Black Rain, um, yes. That's a that's so a great episode. If we get to do Black Rain, Mission Impossible, and Oppenheimer in one episode, come on. Holy moly. Can we charge for that one, maybe? We, we could probably make <laughs> some money on that one. <laughs> Roll out that 99 cent fee we were talking about. I don't know. Yeah. Um, that we didn't talk about. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that'll be a fun episode. So hopefully we can do all that next week. Uh, Moviesmovie.com is the website. You can go there to listen to past episodes or to link to your favorite podcast platform to subscribe if you're not already subscribed. Uh, YouTube.com slash Podcast is the visual option if you'd prefer to watch this on your computer screen, your TV screen, your tablet screen, whichever you choose. Um, but if, if you do subscribe on YouTube, please make sure you hit that bell. So you get notifications of when the new episodes come out and, uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. And as always, you've made it a day. Thanks. Bye.